This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Stay with that, Tabo. Best of the story then. The news of uh, him and his uh, girlfriend arriving back uh, in the country after... Uh, um, they were arrested in Tanzania. Well, yesterday, uh, members of parliament uh, or members of the Portfolio Committee on Corrections uh, um, had an opportunity finally um, to put questions and grill the mem- the, 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 the management uh, of G4S, the company that runs um, the correctional facility from where Tabo Bester escaped. We joined on the line by the DA member of that committee, Glynis Gribre. Good morning to you, ma'am, and thank you so much for your time. And good morning to you and to everyone who's listening. Just your initial thoughts now that we know that uh, South Africa's two most fa- uh, the two most famous uh, fugitives are back in the country. What do you make of um, you know the the latest turn of events and what has led to this? Your reflections. Well, it's, it's a good thing that they've been arrested and they're back in the country. Um, that's largely thanks to the um, Tanzanian authorities and not to anything we did, unfortunately. Mm. Um, so, yeah, Best has been on the run for the best part of a year. Um, the authorities knew about it probably as early as June or July last year, mm. the, but certainly no later than October, and said nothing, told no one. Certainly didn't bring it to the Portfolio Committee, which is an absolute disgrace and a dereliction of duty. Mm. Um, the victims of Bester were left unprotected and uninformed mm. while he was on the run, and people knew he was on the run. Mm. Those women had to give the most harrowing evidence. They raped survivors, and nobody told them that they may run into him at their nearest checkers. It's an absolute disgrace. So you are not buying at all uh, the idea that this was some uh, the culmination of some work by uh, crime intelligence uh, um, of the South African police services. It had nothing to do with anything the police or crime intelligence did. The story was broke, broken by a, a publication called Ground Up, and mm. if they hadn't, I'm quite sure we would still have been unaware. Mm. There was no intention of telling anybody about it mm. um, for some reason, which I, we hope to get to the bottom of today. Uh, but, but certainly uh, soon after the post-mortem was conducted, it must have been clear to everybody that there was certainly a good chance that the corpse wasn't bested. Mm. Uh, nothing was done to follow that up. Uh, when the judicial inspectorate in July, June or July, uh, said that they had reached the conclusion on a preliminary report that there was a likelihood that he'd escaped, nobody did anything. No investigation was launched. Nothing was done. When Ground Up broke the story, then there was a flurry of activity, and now everybody says, you know, three or four people have been arrested. Well, you know, not really. Uh, the, the one guy yesterday handed himself over, took him off the or, or any kind of expertise to mm. arrest him. He went to the police and handed himself over. Mm. So the, the whole thing has been poorly handled, and people are going to have to explain themselves today. 
You speak of how the poorly handled the whole thing has been. I think it's safe to say that you and your colleagues on the portfolio committee were less than impressed with what, uh, what you heard from the management of G4S. Uh, what, 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 what would you say? I mean, what is most uh, uh, unsatisfactory about what you heard yesterday? And I'm also keen to hear um, your thoughts on the role that was played by uh, the Department of Correctional Services here, who are supposed to have uh, some kind of a oversight role in the work of G4S. Yeah, you know, this thing didn't happen. It's not a one-man show. It didn't happen one evening when Bester saw an opportunity and, and, and ran. Mm. It was carefully planned. Many people were in on it. Must have uh, must have cost a lot of money because many palms were griefed. Um, and it must be it was planned uh, exceptionally well with with great detail and with uh, absolute inside knowledge of the systems and protocols and procedures. So um, there were 23 people on duty that night. I I do not believe for one moment that 23 people doing their jobs failed to notice somebody walking out of the prison. Mm. Uh, so that story is nonsense. Uh, G4S has taken the view, uh, uh, and it's a view I take a, a very dim view of, is that they've met their contractual obligations to DCS, and so their, their obligations are fulfilled. Well, that's just nonsense. They're in control of a maximum security prison. Bester is a serial rapist and murderer. They were responsible for keeping him incarcerated, and they failed. So they, they are, at the end of the line, the buck stops with them, and they're responsible. Mm. Having said that, on his very last day in office, uh, Arthur Fraser paid a visit to this private prison in Bloemfontein. I mean, you think you have other things to do on your very last day in office. Mm. But, but, but Arthur Fraser pays a visit, and the, uh, the DCS person in control at, at Mangaung Prison is, is shortly thereafter transferred. And somebody else is transferred in, and days later, Tava Bester escaped. So that's an angle that needs to be followed up. Sure. And, uh, yeah, so, so you know, DCS also has to answer for, for, for some of the things that happened. And ultimately, they have a contractual relationship with, with, uh, with, with the G4S, and, and they must enforce that contract. So if they fail to do that, they've got to answer for that. Am I um, hearing you to, uh, properly to suggest that the... We could be dealing with the most, uh, well, we are dealing with any most elaborate uh, um, cover-up here. How far up does this stink go, in your view? Well, we hope to uncover that today. Mm. Uh, today we have um, the judicial inspector to do the sterling job. Mm. And then we have DCS and the police, and then we have the ministers. Mm. So those are answers we hope to get today. Mm. What should happen going forward now? I mean, what would you like to see happening in the uh, near and short term um, and beyond? Well, I would like to see the rather lackadaisical approach to security and protocols at at the Mangaung Correctional Services uh, facility Mm. uh, improved. They, They used to incarcerate only maximum security prisoners. Uh, they have had more than one escape, approximately uh, three a year, uh, a record they seem to be quite proud of, astonishingly. Um, there should be no escapes from a maximum security prison. And so, so that needs to be improved. G4S must be held accountable for, for dropping the ball quite spectacularly. Mm. DCS must explain their role and, and, and 
whatever needs to be done there must be done, and whosoever uh, must be held liable must be held accountable. You, so what I want to see is accountability. This is a spectacular failure yeah. of the correctional services system. Do you believe and, that uh, the, the, the contract, uh, firstly, uh, should be cancelled and can be cancelled, the contract of uh, G4S? You believe that there's enough here to uh, uh, to prove a material breach that could uh, allow for this can, uh, immediate cancellation of a contract? Uh, I don't have sufficient knowledge, knowledge of the terms of the contract. Mm. I've been really busy preparing for, for these meetings, and I haven't had the opportunity to go through that contract, but mm. we will go through it. Mm. The discussion we will have with DCS. Mm. Uh, certainly, they, they have penalty clauses, and I'm sure those will come into operation. But the contract, in any event, uh, will come to an end in 2025 or 2026. Yeah. Uh, it's destined to come to an end, and DCS already said they're not... Uh, they're not renewing them. So, yeah. yeah. And then, just in as far as the way that the reaction to this one, obviously, it's because of uh, um, the high-profile nature of this case and the, the sensational nature of the escape and all of that and what the man has done, uh, even while in prison here. But I mean, in terms of your role as a parliament, members of parliament in this portfolio committee, how do you view and how have you handled the other escapes in the past? Do they come in for similar scrutiny? Because as you say, there have been three escapes from this facility, which means three hardened criminals have, or two other hardened criminals have escaped from this facility in the past. Well, the, the, um, the correctional services as part of their report to the committee during oversight uh, reports on escapes, and so those escapes are being scrutinized in the committee. But those escapes have always resulted in the uh, escapee being rearrested almost immediately and returned. Uh. So, you know, it's a, it's a breach, but it's, it's rectified. Mm. This went unannounced and unattended to for over a year. Mm. As, as a committee members, members, when did it first come to your attention? Well, it came to our attention when Ground Up broke the story initially. Mm. Mm. And it concerned us and we asked uh, DCS about it. But then when it became clear that he was running around Johannesburg living the life, yeah. and uh, uh, then, then the committee um, set up these meetings to, to demand an explanation from the role players. All right. Thank you so much to Glynis Breitenbach, a member of Parliament for the Democratic Alliance and a member of that Portfolio Committee on Justice and Correctional Services. I appreciate your time this morning. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.